Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. This is taken from a book that we, we were encouraging uh, our staff to read this summer about uh, taking offense. Um, and so there's some good points here that I kind of wanted to cover tonight. You know, I think in the last couple of years, um, with COVID and the vaccines and uh, masking, and do I vaccinate or not? Do I get the jab? Do I wear a mask? You know, uh, uh, staying socially distant. Do we go to church? Don't we get to church? I think it was really kind of interesting. I, I, I guess what shocked me as a pastor is seeing how many people got offended. How offended. It shocked me to see how many churches like literally split or almost split over mask or not to mask. I just, the life of me, I just can't comprehend that the local church was being split over this. Or, or you know, should we get vaccinated or shouldn't we get vaccinated? And people got so offended by it. Um, the last time I saw something like this, and it probably wasn't as, as great of a deal. But do you remember Y2K? All right, how many of you are old enough to remember Y2K? Which means you have to be older than 22 years old, right? Um, I, knew, I knew, and it wasn't, it wasn't our pastor, it wasn't Dr. Scudder, goodness sakes, no way, Jose. Uh, I knew an awful lot of pastors that drank the Kool-Aid on that, and they, they were prepping and bought generators and bought solar and, and were bearing food and had guns in their backyard and, and were ready for the Y2K thing. And I just, I don't, I don't know why, but I just remember just thinking, if something this cataclysmic was going to happen, you know, that, that I, I, you know, the churches were just going to, whatever, be gone, I just have a hard time that God, believing that God didn't warn us about it some way. I mean, when I read the book of Revelation, it says that, you know, the church is still going. As a matter of fact, what condition is the church, and think about it, what condition is the church of Laodicea? Think. Well, every man's doing what's right in their own eyes, but think about what he says before it. You have everything that you need, which is the problem that you don't need me. Financially, the church is doing okay. They're not living underground. They're not off the grid, right? They're obviously doing good. They, they, they're not so concerned that they're, dear God, we need food. They're not. They're doing so good that they forgot about God. So pastors drank that Kool-Aid and did that stuff, and I just remember being, I just can't believe these people are so, like, so involved in it. And if you were involved in it, you got generators and stuff like that, I'm sorry. Uh, that's too bad. Good luck selling them. But I, I just never, I just, we're just not doing it. Um, when COVID hit and, and we, we took precautions for the, you know, the first couple weeks because we just, you know, we didn't know what was going on. And then it's like, you know what, uh, we're going to do the job of the church and we're going to open back up. And we opened up right away and we just kept going and we, our preschool was going, our school was going and said, we have a, we have a job to do and um, whatever. We just got to keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, um, but the point is, the point is, I was shocked at how many people got offended. Uh, people took offense. People got offended. People were offensive. And uh, I looked up the word offended, and, and this is kind of what the definition I have here. Offended is resentful or annoyed, typically as a result of a perceived insult. So resentful or annoyed, typical, typically as a result of a perceived insult. Being offended usually includes something about anger and resentment. Usually when you hear someone saying about being offended, or they usually, you know, they're usually anger or they're resentful about it. And, and you hear that a lot. People are just angry about stuff. 
taking offense is the very pre uh, presumption that I am somehow entitled to be angry with someone. I'm offended, and therefore I'm entitled to be angry. And I've heard people say, yeah, but there's righteous anger. There's righteous anger. And, and isn't there times when we're justified as Christians to be righteously anger? And, and shouldn't we be offended and angry about certain things? Are there things that we should just flat out be angry about? And, and, and isn't being offended part of being a Christian? Aren't all Christians just offended, like all the time, about everything? Um, and I know you're saying, Pastor, I know there's a verse in the Bible somewhere. There's a verse in the Bible somewhere that says Christians need to be offended and need to be angry at all the bad things in the world. God, I couldn't find one. <laughs> I did find some stuff that's kind of close to it, but um, forfeiting our right to be offended is forfeiting our right to hold on to anger because it strikes at our pride. It forces us not just to think about our humility, but actually to be humble. I thought about this, Christians really, we should be the most refreshingly unoffended people on the planet. We shouldn't be the ones, the world is spinning on this axis, axis of being uh, offended all the time. Guys, if there's any group of people on the face of this planet that, that, that shouldn't be offended, should be unoffendable, it should be us. We're Christians, you know, we're saved, we have an eternity in heaven. And, and forfeiting our right to anger makes us deny ourselves, makes us other-centered. And, and I, I was, as I was kind of thinking about it, I don't even know if we can forfeit our right to be angry, because I'll be honest with you, I don't think we have a right to be angry. I, I just don't think we have a right to be offended. I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I know we're told to forgive. I know that as a Christian, forgiveness ought to be like breathing. Everybody sit for a second and think. That didn't hurt. That felt pretty natural. If I do that again, I might take a nap up here. That's how, that's how forgiveness ought to be. It, it, it should be like as natural as breathing to us. But I, I think there's this attitude, and I guess I've seen it in the last couple of years, and we talked about it kind of in our study, is plenty of Christians seem to think that anger is, is just what we need. Uh, here's an entry from an online devotional that I read here. Let me just read it. I don't have it on the screen, but I'll just read it to you. Now think of it. This is from a Christian devotional. There is also a positive, even essential side to anger. I doubt that we ever accomplish, I doubt that we ever accomplish anything fruitful when anger isn't a part of our motivation, on certain levels at least. So, so we're supposed to be angry all the time to get anything done for Jesus. Our, our motive should be we're always angry. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. I want to show it to you in the King James Version because I want to get you an idea. I love the King James because it's the best thing to study from. I just, I can't imagine doing anything else. Pastor Tanny, would this work tonight? It was flaky. Okay, we don't need flakes here. Uh, Ephesians 4, 26. I'll just read it in the screen there. Um, you know this verse. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Has everyone heard that verse before? Okay, that's in the King James. Uh, Louise, did you put it, or Cole, is it, did you put it in the message next? Okay, excellent. So the, the most recent translation out there is the message. I don't, that's not even a translation. I don't even know what it is. It's like, I don't even know what it is. But this is the mindset. Here's Ephesians chapter 4.26 from the message. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. What? 
who, who wrote that? Where, what, 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 what are you talking about? What, that's not what the verse says. Go down to Ephesians 4.31, a few verses later. We're going to go back to the King James, so it actually makes sense to us. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Look at verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. <laughs> Paul's saying here, obviously, you're going to get angry. It happens to us. Of course it happens to us. Why? Because we're human, but we need to get rid of it. He doesn't say keep it. He doesn't say dwell on it. He doesn't say build it. He says deal with it in the moment. Get rid of it. You don't have a right to it. The Bible doesn't say, well, unless you're reading the message, I guess, that you have a right to be angry or offended at people. It just doesn't. But Pastor Wait, isn't God allowed to, to be angry? Doesn't Jesus get angry? What about all that? Well, I think God is allowed anger, and I think God is allowed of all, a lot of things that we're not allowed to do. I think God is allowed vengeance. Take a look at this verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it's written... What's written? Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says who? Says the Lord. <laughs> yeah, maybe God's allowed to get angry. Maybe God's allowed to have vengeance. But guess what, guys? He's God. Guess who's not? You and I aren't God. None of us are. We're, 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 when we're angry, when we have that, we're, we're guilty. God's not guilty. God's, God's the judge. We're not the judge. God has a character that allows him to be angry without sin. Our character does not. It doesn't. If we're honest, we can admit that we kind of like being angry sometimes. We enjoy thinking that we got something on someone. When someone else does something wrong, anger offers us a sense of moral superiority. That's why we call it righteous anger, because we think that our anger is very moral and very good. The problem is righteous anger directed at someone is really becomes pretty tricky. It turns out that I tend to think that Dan Rehoff's anger is more righteous than someone else's anger. Why? This is because I'm so right. I tend to side with me. My arguments are amazingly convincing to me. I'm awesome. <laughs> but isn't that what we do? Isn't that our mindset? It's okay for me to be angry because I'm right in this one. I'm the smart one here, not that person. They're the dummy. Oh, boy, the problem is, look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2. When Dan Rehoff thinks that he's so smart and he can be angry, and it's righteous anger, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. So... I say my anger is righteous. I say that because I think I'm right and I think everyone else is wrong. My ways always seem to be pure to me. Always. Because I'm always right. And you are the same. But don't, see, oh, this is terrible. You're all looking at me like, oh, Pastor, you're right. You're wrong. <laughs> you are the same, though. There's no difference between you and me. We all do this. And anger is a feeling that sweeps over us that, that tells us we're being denied something that we should have. I should have this. I should be treated like this. I wasn't treated fairly. No one's listening to my point of view. How come everyone doesn't see COVID and the vaccinations the way that I see it? 
What is the problem? The problem is anger is an emotion. That's all it is. It's an emotion. It's not critical thinking. Anger is not critical thinking. It's an emotion. And we're, we're, we're really good, church. All of us Christians are good at, at casting ourselves as victims and rewriting narratives that put us at the center of all the injustices. We can repaint our anger or hatred of someone into righteous-looking work of art. And yet, I wrote this now, nowhere in Jesus' teaching will you find, okay, well, if someone really is a jerk, then yeah, you could be offended. <laughs> Instead, what are we told? We're told to forgive, especially when people are a jerk. The very stuff that's understandably maddening and legitimately offensive, that's when we're supposed to forgive people. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, you have heard that and it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Well, you heard that, but look at verse 39. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Go down to verse 43, chapter 5. You have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's what you've been hearing, but I'm, here's what I'm going to say unto you, verse 44. Love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, Christians, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. The very thing that makes you angry and makes your anger righteous is the very thing that we're called to forgive. The very thing that, that, that you know, gets us all worked up in a bundle is the very thing that God calls us that we should be forgiving people. Guys, we have to remember this. Grace isn't for the people that deserve it. Amen, church? Whoa, write that down. Grace isn't for those people that deserve it. Forgiveness, forgiving someone means surrendering your claim to resentment and letting go of anger. Anger is always easy. It's, it's the normal. It's our default. Love is difficult. Love is a miracle. Jesus said what? What did he say in those verses? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That's the result of Jesus. Well, what would Jesus do? WWJD. Well, he wouldn't be offended and he wouldn't be angry. He would love his enemies. He would pray for those who persecute us. How about uh, James chapter 1, verse 19? Oh, we've got to go quickly. James 1, 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to what? So, I'm sorry. Could you say it one more time, please? Slow to what? Wrath, yes. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. I'm sorry. Can we read that again? The wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Huh. The, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in that verse. Can I get an amen? Is there any? There's just no wiggle room there, man. It's like, uh, oh boy. How about this one? Colossians 3.8. But now you also put off all these. Okay, what are you supposed to put off? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth and out of your texting on Facebook. I added that. <laughs> well, I just want to hold on. It's constructive anger. It's constructive anger. Constructive anger. Well, we never say that about filthy communication or blasphemy. Well, this is constructive blasphemy. You don't say that, right? This is, this is constructive, filthy communication. I'm just going to have some filthy communication, but I know it's constructive. It's not. There's just no way around it. It's just, it, we, we feel justified, and so we think we can do it, but it doesn't make it right. We can grieve about it. We can, we can say, boy, there's an injustice. Something should be done about it. We can even act about it. 
but we can do stuff without rage. We don't have to be angry. We can be upset at the government. We can, we can you know, be upset about, uh, uh, you know, uh, sheltering in place or whatever. You know, you can be, you know, okay, great. Then how do we act on it? Well, we go to the polls and we vote. That's how we act. We pray for, right? But we don't have to vote in anger or wrath. Well, I vote for, you know, we don't have to be that person. Um, you know, I think we kind of seen it with our last president, President Trump, although I appreciate so many great things he's done. He comes across, it just he's an angry guy. He, he, blew, he blew it on January 6th. He blew it. I mean, just blew it. But we see a guy that's just angry all the time. That's, that's just not Jesus, you know? And I'm not saying he's saved or not saved. I'm just saying that's just, that's just not right, okay? We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't get into angry name calling, all right? We don't do that. That's just not what we're supposed to do. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, he has showed thee, O man, what is good and what, hath, what does the Lord require thee? So what does God require of the church? Here's a good verse to memorize. Is it this simple? Apparently it is. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with a God. What else is there? He tells us right there. This is what, this is what it is that, that God requires of you. You don't have to be angry to seek justice or to, or to love mercy. Think about this. We have a few police officers that attend our church, and I'm thankful for them. I appreciate their, their service. I mean, literally, I think that's a great thing. The best police officers out there, I think, do their job when they're, they're, they're at their best when they're not angry. Think about um, the, the, the Floyd case up in Minnesota. You pretty much tell the, the officers are sick and tired of what's going on. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying you could really see anger in there. I, I do, you, don't, you don't see, I mean, you don't see any benefit coming out from being angry. When you're speeding down the road and a police officer pulls you over, would you rather him be, 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 be righteous and nice or angry? Do you want an angry police officer when he pulls you over for speeding? No. Can he give you the ticket for speeding without being angry? Yes, he can, right? Now, you might get angry, but I think the best soldiers in our armed forces, they don't function out of anger. Ang guys, listen, write this down. Anger never enhances your judgment. When you're angry, are you making good choices? Anybody here make great choices when they're angry? I think I'm going to be angry and go talk to my boss. Let's see how this lands. Those of you that are in management, we have a lot of management and, and people that are bosses and, and hired and fired here at this church. Um, do, do you like your employees when they're angry at you? Do you like to be angry with them? I mean, do you have a good conversation when they're angry, when everyone's angry, when the boss comes on screaming and is angry? Is that helping anybody? But it's righteous anger. It's justified. No. Is your judgment good when you're angry? Usually not. Uh, what about if you were in front of a judge? What if you had to go in front of the Supreme Court? Would you want the Supreme Court to be angry at you? I mean, literally to be, have anger? Would you want the judge to be angry? I don't. I want him to be just. I want him to be fair. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that his reasoning is anger-free. I don't want his, his judgment to be made in anger. Aren't you glad that God doesn't make his judgment about us in anger? I'm really glad. You know, if God judged us or dealt with us angry, do you know what would happen to us? <laughs> there would be like a greasy little pile of dust on your chair and you'd be gone. <laughs> you know, that'd be it. You know, it just, there'd be nothing left. It'd be like, I'm angry with you. I've had it. I'm fed up. Bzz, I'm offended by you. Bzz. It'd just be over. But that's not God. And, and I just think as Christians, we just have to choose that I'm not going to be angry. 
And I'm going to choose not to be offended all the time. I'm, I'm not going to be offended all the time. It doesn't mean I'm passive. It doesn't mean I agree with things. It doesn't mean, oh, say la vie, you know, we're having abortions in America. Oh, well, no, we act and we do things correctly. But I don't have to get angry about it. I don't have to get offended by it. Well, someone looked at me wrong. Well, I don't have to get angry about it. I don't have to get offended by it. Church, I think, I think if we focused as a church, and, and the Christians all over, but, but our church, if we just really worked even this next year at just not being offended all the time at, at either the news or politics or the person you're sitting by, do you see what a difference that would? Could you imagine what the people coming in this building would say when they come into this church? They say it already. There's something really different about this church. I don't know what. What? Yeah, because we're not a bunch of offended, angry people. You know, we're, not, we're just, we're not that. In your marriage, in your family, raising your children, kids with your parents, you don't have to be offended all the time, okay? You don't have to be angry all the time. It, there's no right in the Bible to do that. God can, but you are not God, okay? So be very, very cautious about this. I'm going to stop here, and then let's pick it up when we come back so it's not next Sunday night, but the Sunday night after, okay? So it's just a ridiculous concept, but let's talk about more about what it means to be offended. Okay, does that sound like a plan? We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262 404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.